1: 5.33 on your home of the Fighting Irish, the blue Gold game April 22nd in the South Bend Cubs. Sports Radio 960 WSBT, of course, as always, streaming live at WSBTradio.com and on our free WSBT radio app. Well, the South Bend Cubs are 3-0, and that's the first time they have started 3-0 since the South Bend Cubs came about in 2015, they're the defending champions. So there's a lot of extra oomph in the air, I think tonight for opening night here at the ballpark and the gates are already open and we've got temperatures in the seventies. And it reminds me of opening day, 2015, Theo Epstein walked out throughout the first pitch. The rain stopped. The clouds went away. The sun came out. We had 70 degrees. The power of Theo, guys, you know. <laughs> he could pull off anything. But I'm joined by Brendan King and Max Toma, the voices of the South Bend Cubs here on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Happy opening day, guys.
2: Thanks, Darren. Thanks yeah, for having us. It.
1: Good to see you guys. Well, first, Brendan, you were with the team in Quad Cities, a 3-0 start. Bats were a little quiet, but when your starters don't give up any runs, I guess it's a whole lot easier to win ball games. Yeah,
2: not bad. Huh? I mean, the, what they put together, and Richard Gallardo being the opening day starter, Darren. You know, Richard Gallardo finished the year in South Bend last year, then he got a spot start at A Tennessee. He actually left the team before the playoffs last year. So Tennessee let him finish the campaign. So not sure what that did for his confidence. I'm not sure what his final numbers were that day. But just to get that opportunity... He came out slinging on Friday then. Luke Little was just as fantastic on Saturday. Brandon Birdsell made his pro debut on Sunday, the right-hander out of Texas Tech. And, you know, Darren, the South Bend Cubs, seven and two-thirds no-hit innings on Saturday night. And then on Sunday, they took a no-hitter through five. So if your pitching is that good, you're going to win some ballgames.
1: And, hey guys, that's something we haven't had the luxury of here in South Bend. There's been a lot of good hitters come through. the The pitching was a little hit and miss, but it kind of sounds like this might be a team that's got – a lot of depth, not only in the starting rotation, but in the bullpen. So, Max, what is kind of your expectations for what Lance Reimel has to work with arms-wise?
3: Well, I mean, one, all things are pointing up, kind of like you said, coming off, you know, de- defending that, the defending Midwest League champs is great, 3-0 start is fantastic. I mean, the pitching, it can't get any better than it was over the weekend. You mentioned the starters numbers, the bullpen only allowing two runs Uh, over the weekend to earn runs that is uh the piggybackers seem just as good as a lot of the starters who will get lengthened out as the season goes you know we got guys throwing you know three four innings We'll, we'll see what uh you know connor nolan does today really excited to see this ninth round pick who was the the ace on friday nights for arkansas last year he was Pitched in the College World Series twice last year. Wow. Just threw absolute gems. His last outing in college came in the game to try to make it to the championship series. They lost to Ole Miss, but he went eight innings, gave up just two. Wow. With the guy going for Ole Miss that day, he went in the sixth round, complete game shutout. They lost <laughs> 2 nothing. Wow. But he was money in the College World Series. He's going to be a guy that we see pitching at the pro level for the first time today. So, yeah, just a lot of great arms. And you think, like, you know, a guy who we've seen many times here at Cole Franklin's going to eventually progress. Yeah. But maybe coming up as a guy in a first-round pick, top-10 pick, in Kate Horton maybe in the second half of the year. So the arms are exciting back in the bullpen with Sheldon Reed, who was just incredible, gave up one run in his last 11 outings to end last nice. year. He closes on a game over the weekend. He closed out the championship game in Northeast Ohio. So I, I think we're feeling pretty good. Got a lot of veteran old guys who have been here, 15 returners from last year, uh, but also some young guys and some really not even that young guys like no one who we'll see today who's 23 but making his debut. 48% curveball guy last year. So we'll, we'll, we'll see what he looks like opening day.
1: I have to say this. As someone that's a baseball traditionalist, I don't like things to change in the game. I absolutely love the pitch clock. I love no shifting anymore at the major league level. But you guys experienced it last year, the bigger bases, which... You don't really notice the big I, I, Yeah, I'm not yeah. sold on the pizza boxes yeah, yet. Yeah. I'm seeing them for the first time in person. It's like, wow, they're big. But I'm just wondering your guys' thoughts because... My last year, games were going four hours. I mean, it was. Especially at home. Oh, it was horrible. I mean, it just drug on and on. But last year was totally different. Describe how you think the game has changed for the better.
3: Well, I mean, I think there's the speed and pace of play. I heard an interview, you know, when they were doing uh, on an ESPN game a couple days ago, the in-game stuff they do now with Manny Machado, and he was just talking about how the shifts have also not only more base hits, higher averages, more runs, which we all love, but you're showcasing more of the athleticism of guys on the infield because they're having to range further and make plays that they weren't asked to make before because you got a guy who's you know 80 feet out into right field who's right there for a line drive as opposed to a second baseman who's more up the middle trying to range all the way to his left to make that play. But, yeah, I mean, I think opening day last year, we went 10 innings. It was about as long as, you know, you were used to going. <laughs> last year was 39 degrees, first pitch opening day. It was snowing in the 10th. And then, uh, you know, BK got to call that game, the first game with the pitch clock last year on the road in Fort Wayne. DJ Hur's pitching mm. hour and 59, hour 57, wow. whatever it was. So the pace of play is tremendous. There's just so much less downtime. There's so much actual more baseball. And the, the lacking of the shift, you know, uh, with the pickoff moves increasing stolen bases, I-, I think everything's just kind of going in the right direction. <laughs> like, like you said, the pizza boxes out there, I-, I don't think that plays into play. It's kind of a fun little
2: tidbit to see yeah. next to the old ones, but yeah, everything's moving the right way. I, d- I just think it's kind of funny that, and well warranted, that everybody at the big league level is kind of reacting to it now so positively, but yeah. we look at each other like we've been living the life, <laughs> of, the life of the last year and a half. You know, but I was actually having a conversation before I left Indy two weeks ago with the great play by play voice of the Indianapolis Indians, Howard Kelman. He's been doing games down there for 45 years. Guys, literally seen it all, and he says that he likes this version of the pitch clock because it's actually being enforced. He said, "Triple A, for some reason, it started in Triple A, and it was not enforced whatsoever. Umpires could care less about it. Everybody's grumpy in Triple A. That's the the problem. (laughs) Triple A is just a different beast. So so now people are actually enforcing it, and you're running into the Manny Machado stuff and. Uh, I was at a Boston Red Sox spring training game, and Joey Gallo got rang up on an automatic strike three. <laughs> so what, once everybody's accustomed to it, I think it's going to flow just fine. But, I mean, again, we've been used to it for a long time. But the guys like DJ Hers that pitch at quick paces, we played 10 innings on Friday. It's back-to-back years of opening day that went to extra innings. It was only two hours and 45 minutes. So,
1: so doable. Love fun. that. Love that. Max Toma, Brendan King, my guest. So, Brendan, tell me about Kevin Alcantara. I think many people believe – Number three, number four prospect in the Chicago Cubs system. I was telling our listeners a few moments ago, tall, lanky, and the ball explodes off his bat. What have you seen from him so far?
2: So I think you just watched him take batting practice, right? The first time I watched him hit, it actually reminded me just of the pure power Nelson Velasquez. The first time we saw Nelly. Because... Alcantara, I think, is a little bit more developed than Nelson was the first time we saw him in 2018. Oh,
1: he struck out every time he came up but pretty then, much. It was rough. Nelson
2: yeah. came back in 19. Was and back in the was, braces days. Yeah, it was Nelly. a big part yeah. of that right. championship team yep. in 19, right? And then he had another run here in 2021. And now he's getting called up back up to the big leagues. But the point of Alcantara being he's more developed than Velasquez was at this age, but Alcantara, he looks like a stretch four. He looks like he belongs on the college basketball good court. Good point. And yeah. he can run. He's got a good glove. And reading some stuff you know Pete Crow Armstrong is like the number one when it comes to defending in the system but a lot of people point to his defense in center that it's sort of just a step below and he had no problem with Quad City. you know how Quad Cities works off the Mississippi River that wind is nuts yeah he had no problem with it
1: no kidding so who else stands out Max in this lineup who has caught your attention or who are you looking forward to seeing
3: well, I'm excited to see a couple of returners that you know, I'd like to talk about, like a guy like Fabian Pertuse, who, who's kind of a small guy, but played in the World Baseball Classic with Columbia, got some experience. Got okay. the start at second against Team USA. You know, there's pictures of him making a double play with Trout in the photo. Nice. You know, he's feeling the ground ball. <laughs> Mookie Betts is in the foreground. But he's a guy who uh, had the first Cubs home run last year, did so again this year. Uh, actually had the highest fly ball rate of any Chicago Cubs farmhand last year, so we'll see if he can. Keep the ball in the air and see if you can send a few more out this year, a guy who's just had so many ABs and games played. But another one is just we've seen so many outfielders get called up, you know, the PCAs, the Owen yep. Casey's, the Jordan Wogus. You know, somebody had to stay behind so they could still play every day and still progress, and that guy is Johendrik Pinyango in the outfield. Uh, who's still, you know, just so young? He was here all of last year, finished twenty-one here. But a guy who, man, when this guy is going, he's kind of one of those old-school guys where he's got pop, but he'll hit the ball just about anywhere in the park. He has no sweet spot because he's like he's mm. like a Vlad Guerrero, where he'll he'll chase anything. But really, he can hit a pitch that's pitched anywhere. Yeah. And you know, his July last year, he had back-to-back series where he had five. Over he had uh, yeah five multi-hit games in a series. So he had a 12-game span where he had 10 multi-hit games. When he's grooving, I mean, it's a sight to watch, and I'm excited to see him facing Midwest League pitching now for the second full year.
1: Okay, I'm going to put you on the spot now. Ooh. All right, so 2024, Chicago Cubs opening day outfield. Now mm. I'm going to help you out. I will predict that Ian Happ gets traded <laughs> at the deadline. Oh, okay. So that opens up some young guys. So who do you think? Would be the opening day outfield for the Cubs next year.
2: So this is next season. Next season. Next season. Next season 24. 24. Opening day. Velasquez and Wright. Okay. Well, say, uh That's the thing because Suzuki's say, uh, Suzuki, coming yeah, back. Suzuki's going to be back. So give me Suzuki and Wright. Dep- it all depends on what Pete Carroll Armstrong does at Double well, A this year. Because you'd love to see him in center opening day. I
3: think a lot Pete? of people have him starting as you know a potential center field. But that's
2: what I love so much about them signing Bellinger is. Is Cody Bellinger going to be an MVP? I don't know. But that's just like a little window to get PCA to center. So low tru- risk,
1: trade him. Yeah, It
2: truly yeah. does depend on what happens with PCA at double what, what A. What,
3: what happens with Brendan in a rebound year from yeah, a man, year on short? They, and there's with just so many too. choices. That's I, I, why I'm asking. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and Canario's going to come back in a couple months too. You know, that's Holy a guy who could be out
1: there. He's Give farther down the list for me. Oh, yeah, 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 I'm no, a Davis Armstrong Suzuki guy. That's my thought. I
3: think that's what mine would have been. I think you might be able to throw in Ooh, what health They still could play Morrell in center. Tactically, too. You could okay. put Morell just about anywhere on the diamond so, I'd be contented, so right?
1: So, help me understand this. Now, I'm a Morel fan. They put Master on the Major League roster and even Madrigals up there. Are they just wanting Morel to play every day? Is that yeah. why he's not with the big club?
2: And they're giving him opportunities every day at third base, which I really like because. Yeah. That's Patrick, a hole there. I mean. it, well, yeah. I yeah. Mean, Pat, it's not like you know, Patrick Wisdom's been a great ball player, but. Patrick it's home Wisdom. runs. Yeah, it's home yeah. runs. But Patrick Wisdom isn't necessarily part of the future course. So to get Chris at bats every day at AAA at third base, at, remember his arm? in nineteen. Oh, my goodness. Made oh.
1: Baez seem like a soft tosser.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Holy cow.
3: I think the nice thing is you got a, a plethora of young, incredible options to talk about, which not every organization obviously has, the kind of outfield depth that Chicago's farm system does.
1: Well, I'll tell you what. One guy I'm thrilled that's having success at the major league level is Justin Steele. He was here, and he had not developed a slider yet. Mm. And I'll go on the record. This is Darren's opinion. But I'm not sure the pitching coach helped him and a couple other guys a lot that year. Might have derailed him a little bit because he's become a totally different pitcher. He had a 5 ERA. Here in south bend and you know guys when you see a guy you see the it factor like oh that's it it didn't show then but boy is it showing now and his stuff is as good as anybody i think on that cubs roster right now
2: well keep in mind too that after that year in south bend which i believe was his second year as a pro yeah cubs signed john lester cubs eventually trade for cole hamels he has those lefties to learn from at spring training that's a
1: good point yeah that's a good point so is this cub thing is it going to last all Summer, is this going to be a team that can finish over five hundred? What do you think? Chicago Bank? Cubs. We'll, yeah. we'll go Chicago Cubs, and then we'll work to South Bend Cubs.
2: Personally, this BK opinion. I, it, somebody, is somebody yeah. writing these down? Yeah, yeah. we're going to bring these <laughs> back on <laughs> <laughs> August 15th. <and> we're going <laughs> to have you on the show. Freezing, freezing cold takes is going to be rebound yeah. <laughs> I think it's a wild-card team, especially if Suzuki, if Suzuki comes back healthy, it's a wild-card team. I love the depth, and to me the ultimate mystery is Hosmer's off to a pretty good start. Yeah, right? If Hosmer ever tails off, which I hope it doesn't, because Hosmer seems like last a good guy. Year. Yeah, seems like a good guy. Easy got to root he just for. Beat balls into the ground at second. Who's waiting? Matt Mervis is crushing home runs at AAA right now, and he is the guy. Remember, Ooh. he started here last year. Double A hit. He hit three fifty here, three hundred at Double A, three hundred again at AAA. Chicago Cubs minor league player of the year. Pretty cool. Thirty six okay. home runs. Not bad. Not yeah. bad. Yeah. Yeah, like
3: I think that. they're a wild-card team in, in a literal and a figurative sense. I mean, I think they, they could, you know, they could, they're a team that could drop off. They're a team that could, you know, really start playing some quality ball. But I, I like what you said there. That's a like question mark at first base where it's nice to have if Hosmer does fall off. Yeah. I mean, I think people have been waiting for a Matt Mervis. I mean, who would have thought when we started last year and we looked at last year's time comes roster team. That uh, Matt Mervis, a guy who didn't hit well at Myrtle Beach, which we we know is very pitcher friendly, uh, and especially not hitter friendly to left-handed batters. But I mean, the season that he had with those 36 home runs and just mm. many RBIs anybody's had in minor leagues since Pete Alonso did it in 2019. Crazy. I mean, uh, a guy who, if he steps in and is hitting anything close to the way he's done in the minors the last you know, year and a couple weeks now, uh, that could be a certain. A piece, and we'll see what the starting rotation does. I mean, I feel like Justin Steele's a guy who has kind of developed into a guy. Every time he goes out there, you feel like you got a pretty good chance
2: to win. Well, plus, the way Stroman's pitching uh, off to a dynamite start too. And you're in a good division,
1: yeah, compared to the East and the West. Central's yeah, the division they, to be in. Yeah, yeah.
2: and it, it's an interesting division
3: to watch, right? Because the the Cardinals had that interesting start. Jordan Walker, you got a 20 year old out there playing right, who, who we've all seen, who's just a terrific yeah. guy. The Brewers are just like super young. They in got start. some young they guns coming. Kind, kind of like the Cubs, where they yeah. just have a ton yeah. of young outfielders yeah. out there that are all their top prospects are out there.
2: Do you see what happened to O'Neill Cruz? Yeah. Yes. Oh,
1: that was a late slide. I thought. Yeah, it's I was still, totally, very late.
3: Yeah, I, yeah. That was totally okay. The throw took the catcher there. And the slide is really late. I mean, I feel like that was kind of self-induced. I agree. Yeah. I, I thought the Pirates max were upset take, about max nothing. Takes, self- <laughs> self-induced. i, I got to put me down for one. So. All
1: right. Sounds good. Well, guys, you do a great job on WSBT Radio calling these games. Always enjoy listening. Have a wonderful year. Road trips, I know, are always fun. Hey, you're saying better hotels than I did. Man, oh, man. You I guys caught the
2: tail end of it, though, in 18. Yeah, you, yeah. Did.
1: Yeah. you did. You yeah. did. So you, you appreciate yeah, the good I, hotels I, I, you have now. I, I
2: do. I'm spoiled. He's spoiled.
3: Yeah. You are
1: spoiled. <laughs> so... Very good. Hey, guys, have a great call tonight throughout the season. We'll catch up again soon. Thanks, DP. Sounds good. Thanks All right, so Max Toma, Brendan King, you will hear them here on WSBT Radio. Pre-game coverage will start in 57 minutes with a first pitch at 7.05. More sports beat in a moment live from Four Winds Field on WSBT.